You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. Welcome to this week's edition of the Coaching Inn in our virtual pub. And today I'm delighted that Jane Hudson is joining us from Florida. Jane, welcome. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. Good to see you. It's lovely to have you. We will supply you with lovely British beer. Good. <laughs> we'll have a pint, will we? <laughs> definitely a pint. Definitely. Although it's so cold today. But anyway, we will definitely have a pint. So we're going to talk about creating videos to enhance our brand. But I'm really curious, Jane, tell us a little bit about your journey. I come from the Midwest in the United States, from the state of Minnesota, and I grew up in the prairies, kind of in the middle of nowhere. We didn't even have a stoplight in my little hometown Um, and always wanted to be, I was curious about the world and wanted to get out and see it. And of course, I've been to London and various other parts of of um, the British Isles over the years. And I absolutely love it there. Have a wonderful time. In fact, my daughter was almost born there. If I just stayed a couple of days longer, she could, could she have been an English citizen? That's what I'd like to know. Um, But at any rate, I um, went off to journalism school and broadcasting school and became a broadcast journalist because I believe that that was one of the best ways I could have to see the world and watch history being made before my eyes, which is what I have done. I worked for NBC in New York for um, close to 30 years. I was at Rockefeller Center. I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of that iconic building if they haven't seen it themselves, um, which was a lot of fun and just about as crazy as everyone thinks it is. So um, we we had a great time um, doing that, and I covered everything under the sun and had an opportunity to travel the world, to meet many world leaders, and to meet many um, criminals. So it was a complete variety of people and things that I met and did during the course of my career. Today, I coach people about how to talk, about how to how to present themselves, about how to do interviews, and of course, how to appear in videos and how to create and make videos. And so all of that is, it's a lot of fun to be able to take the skills I learned from my journalism career and my broadcasting career and be able to translate it to somebody else that helps other people now become their best selves in that medium. And that's what I love. Well, thank you for joining us because of course, in the world of coaching, we we've all got access to a smartphone mm-hmm. so we can we can all do our own broadcasting studio can't we um, we are and all comes, yeah we are all producers is the bottom line and that comes with benefits and it and it comes with big risks i think well the risks are making yourself vulnerable and putting yourself out there yes and One of the things people worry about, too, is misinterpretation or how am I appearing? And in fact, I use video as a tool in all of my coaching, whether I'm helping somebody with a speech or helping them learn um, how to prepare for an interview, whatever it is, I always video them and play it back. And to a person, it doesn't matter how sophisticated or educated or successful they are. Almost every single one of them says, oh, I hate my voice or I can't stand the way I look because we're way too self-critical. So I, of course, have to talk them down off that ledge, so to speak. 
because it's a work in progress. And because we don't see ourselves and how we appear in everyday life, it can be a shock. Now that's changed because of what we do um, today with Zoom meetings or Google Meets or whatever form you may use in your hybrid or your um, virtual meetings. And so we're all now looking at each other and seeing ourselves more often. And some of us still don't like what we see very well. In fact, I've been told that the number of people getting their teeth fixed has multiplied. It certainly has here in the U.S. Um, There's the lines in that because we're looking at our mouths and going, I think I need to fix my teeth. Or people doing something to their face. Maybe they change up their hairstyle, maybe their clothing, whatever it is, because all of a sudden we're seeing ourselves on camera on a daily basis and not liking it so much. So that's changed a bit. And I think we now all recognize how important it is to be good on video. And so I help them get better. Oh, fantastic. Hide self-view is a very marvelous thing though, isn't it? It is, it is. I, I, I do think though, I mean, one of the best tools that we can do to prepare ourselves for being on video and for creating videos is to actually take our, our smartphones and tape ourselves in a position when nobody else has to see it. And that's a really great trick because if you do that, then you can look and say, I love how I said that. My voice sounds like I'm a monotone here. Um, those expressions I had aren't working. And and that's the way you get used to seeing yourself and you make improvements. But I do caution not to be too self-critical. We are our own enemies at times. And what we may see little things that the rest of the world doesn't, nor do they care about. So be kind to yourself. Yeah, that's what we've got in our new book. So we've got a chapter in, in the new book that's coming out in November about, about how to watch recordings when you're coaching. Uh-huh. of yourself coaching because actually there's a huge amount of learning there but also you can't pull yourself apart for every single thing that you say it's about it's about the mood of what's going on between you and the other person that actually is where the learning is exactly i like to call it three stars and a wish and what i mean by that is you'll have three things that you do really well and one thing you wished you did better and So then you fix that one thing. And then the next time you look, there's another three things you did really well. And one more wish that of something you can do better. But it's a it's a way of making yourself focus on just one thing at a time, which really works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a great way of doing feedback. So I had somebody yesterday, I was on a walk and he rang me and he said, I'm going to start a podcast like every other coach mm-hmm. and some coaches do that video some do it audio what would you be your top tips i would definitely do video ah uh, now because you can just do the audio if you want to and what but you have to think about but you also have to think about how people listen to podcasts many times people are doing it while they're driving while they're walking while maybe they're doing some sort of exercise, maybe they're in the gym. So that's where sound, I think sound matters more. I just like the video because I like to see the expressions on people's faces. I like to see how I'm being received. And because I grew up in the world of television, I probably am more video oriented than a lot of other people are. Um, 
But my suggestion to your friend that called, and I'm sure you probably told him the same thing, is really make sure you're speaking in a way that resonates so that because people are still more keenly listening than they might be watching. Yeah. 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 And what can you talk about that's of interest to your viewers or listeners rather than what are all the things I want to say? What can I do? What? Say that again. What? What can I what, what can I say that's of interest to the people who are listening or watching mm-hmm. rather than yeah. what are the things that I want to transmit? Uh, and that's that gets to this whole notion of know your audience. Yeah. And that's something that I find people don't think enough about because you can be speaking to an let's just say that your audience is comprised of um, what we like to call millennials who are people that are between the ages of, I think it's 27 and 39 or something. But the words that you're using, the stories that you're telling, the examples are maybe geared towards an older audience and they're not going to identify. So, um, or maybe you've got a female audience versus a male. And with a male audience, you might tell a lot of sports stories, but you still still tell those sports stories and the female audience is going, I don't care about that. So you've got to know who your audience is always and it's always changing it's ever changing so really focus on how am i going to resonate with that audience because they're going to turn you off right away they'll just turn it off and you want them to stay engaged i mean the whole point of 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 giving your information particularly if if it's about coaching is you want to help them get better at whatever it is they're doing but if they're not going to listen because you didn't engage them right off the top, then there's trouble. They're going so engagement is important. Yeah, you know absolutely. And you know what what leads to that? You know attention spans, attention spans at least in the U.S. And I guarantee you they're the same over there. Particularly if you're in a pub, um, attention spans are very short. How long mm. do you think they are here? Oh, I would think probably about eight seconds. You're absolutely right. You already know the answer to this. I Um, didn't actually. I made that up. (laughs) (laughs) It's eight seconds. Microsoft Microsoft did a study and they say that that is a second less than the time a goldfish takes to feed. Now, I don't know who was measuring the goldfish, but there you go. Anyway, so and, and I don't mean people you've completely lost their attention, but they're focused on something else. Um, at that moment, there's another voice in our head that says, when's my next meeting? Or, oh, I forgot to do this or something. You've still got them, but you don't have them as much as you would have before. So now you want to find a way to bring them back. And that's mm. what's really important with this whole this, this whole world of instant communication we have with our overstimulation, with all of the social media we have. So we always want to make sure we're keeping people engaged so that they get the messages you're delivering. And the other thing that I think is crucial, focus on your purpose. Why are you there? And if you focus on that combined with who you're talking to, then you will have a really interesting and stimulating conversation that they're going to love. Yeah. So our lovely listeners... Well, why don't you send us a message and tell us where you are in the world, listeners? That would be great to hear from you. Our biggest podcast of all time is the one 
for brand new coaches on business building. Uh huh. And, and we had, uh, I don't know, 10 brand new coaches sharing the things that they learned in the first year of coaching. And that's the one that people listen to over and over and over again. Wow. Because it, because it meets the needs of the audience. Right. Of course. And I think you learn a lot when you begin to coach and you have to, you know, why do people begin to coach? I guess is a good question. Did they answer that question throughout this podcast? Why they started their, their business? Maybe we need to have another podcast with that (laughs) question. That's a great question. (laughs) Because I mean, I know why I started it. I started, I started coaching. I had an aha moment when I was coming out of the studio one day and I'd been interviewing somebody and we come off the air and they say to me, I didn't get to say what I wanted to say. And I looked at them and I said, I said, but that's not my fault. That's your fault. I led you down a pathway of asking certain questions and you never brought it back to why you were there. And they just looked at me and they said, well, how do you do that? And I thought, I know exactly how to do that. I can teach people to do that. And I can teach people how to do that during presentations. I also, so, and I was, you know, when you're in the television news business, you've got constant deadlines, something horrific always happens the night before you start, supposed to start a vacation and you never get to take the vacation. There's, you know, and I, for many years, I got up at 3.20 AM to do a morning newscast. So my life, but yes, yeah, so my life was completely dominated by my work, and I decided I wanted to change that up. And the, and and then I, when I realized that I had a skill set of knowledge that might be really useful to people, that became um, that that just seemed like a natural evolution of who and what I am. Then, as I started to do the coaching, I recognized something else that was very valuable, which I didn't even know I I didn't even know I possessed this skill. But as a journalist, you have to take oodles of information and and distill it down to a minute and a half story. So you have to mm-hmm. find the key most important parts of something, which I quickly learned helped me take businesses, companies, individuals, authors, sports figures, um, you name it. It helped me be able to guide them along the path of what's their most important message instead of having dozens of them and then none of them would resonate. Now I could help Mm -hmm. them find one key thing they wanted out there for each particular audience. So that, that was, that was fun. And I bet I'd be willing to bet every single one of those coaches you had had something that they discovered along the way when after they began that really made them understand another skill they had that they didn't even know Mm -hmm. Mm. because things unfold don't they they unlock oh absolutely hopefully we're unlocking something in the people we're coaching but they unlock something in us as well they teach us too because sometimes something works and then sometimes it doesn't and absolutely you try you try different things with different people to see that you can help them accomplish their goals and reach what they want to do. Yeah. And, uh, so know your audience and know your message. Mm-hmm. Yep. What, what else? Then you have to know your own individual style because we're yeah. all different. 
you and I can say exactly the same words and they're going to come out different because of who we are, how we use our voice, how we use our body language, how we use everything there is about us. If you think about this logically, we've been walking on earth for millions of years. We've only had a spoken language for 160,000 years. So for all that time, we communicated through our bodies, through the way we, even something so simple as the way we held our head or our posture, the way we walked. Think about this. When you're walking down a street, and you see somebody that comes by that's all slumped over and, and, you know, kind of they, you don't want to meet that person. If you see somebody that's walking upright and they look, they're looking around with curiosity and interest and their, their stride is, is um, they're walking at a, at a nice pace. Um, and you look at them and you say, gee, I'd like to meet them. Now you've mm-hmm. made a judgment without knowing anything about these human beings. And we do it all the time. So we need to think about our style and our style of delivery and how we are presenting, you know, ourselves. And it starts with even the way we look. What's our hair look like? What's our, um, how are we attired? Because how we're dressed says a lot about who we are. The care and diligence we take to look good says something. Um, but whether we smile or not, our eye contact, every ex- facial expression, the gestures that we use, everything that we do gives a signal. And sometimes those signals are not appropriate. So we want to make sure that we're using, um, are using our body to be in sync with our words. And by the way, that completely comes through even when they're not looking at us, comes through in a podcast that is not video. It also comes through in a coaching conversation. Are we in sync? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the funny things also is that when, when, let's just say a corporation has hired me to work with the top executive, sometimes those executives will feel like they're being punished, that maybe their presentations aren't any good, or maybe they've not done a great interview or something. And I have to spend time at the beginning convincing them that this is actually a privilege, that their company has such faith in them. I know you're thinking the same thing. Their company has such faith in them that they want to make them even better at what they do. And it is the truth, because if you're not doing a great job, they're not hiring me to to, to help you become better. They're going to fire you. (laughs) So, right? Yeah. And you can't do a good job unless they trust you enough, right? Absolutely. And so we have this conversation and part of, yeah, trust is crucial. Trust is crucial for anything, but trust Mm. is especially crucial in a coach because if you don't trust them, then nothing is going to work. And I think, I think that's really, it's super important that you create a bond with the person that you're trying to coach, even if it's just one session or even if it's for a short project, whatever it is, if you don't have that trust, it's not going to work. They're not going to buy into what you're telling them. They're not going to embrace it. And also the coaching stuff gets deeply personal. As you know, people tell me things. They're very candid about their challenges. They're candid about why they don't feel like they can do something well. 
you have to be really super vulnerable when you're standing up on a stage. You have to be, or when you're doing an interview or when you're in front of a room full of people, you have to let yourself be in a place that may be uncomfortable. So to do that, you you and I, whoever my, whoever my coaching client is, and, and we have to be able to learn that being candid and being open is going to take you to a better place. And that means we have to be vulnerable, doesn't it? Absolutely. But when you've sat in front of a television camera for as long as I have and as many years as I have, you learn to be pretty vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So our new book is called The Human Behind the Coach, which is about all the things that you're talking about. Wow. When is it coming out? I can't wait to read it. It's coming out in November. I might ask you if you'll read the beta draft and give us some I would love to. That would be so much fun. I guarantee I'm going to learn something from it. That's for sure. Because there's learning all the time, isn't there? Uh, Yeah. Well, and, but isn't that what life is all about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in coaching, I think that we can come across sometimes we can, I think many coaches live with an assumption that they need to look a bit sorted in order to work with other people, but actually we need to look a bit vulnerable to work with other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I believe very much in sharing experiences that I've had that were moments when maybe I didn't do something so well, or maybe I made a wrong choice about how, about the audience and what was, what they were going to relate to. And, you know, I tell them about my, about my failures because sharing a failure means you're not afraid. So I think um, I, I think in order for us to expect others to respond, we have to be willing to go right down that pathway with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I have a little exercise I do with people, and I think maybe um, your listeners might enjoy this uh, because none of us, one of the things that we learn in television is that the camera drains you of about 30% of your energy and that you have to really amplify. But I also believe that you have to amplify when you're doing interviews, amplify when you're on a, you know, on a stage or in front of an audience um, of any sort. You have to suddenly become a little bit larger than life. Mm-hmm. And so how do you do that if you're a type of person who's maybe introverted or not nearly as you you don't you don't like showing your passion this is really about showing your passion so what i have them do and i video it is i tell them i want you to pretend that you're in the middle of a stage and i'm way in the back of the audience and you're telling me a story and i don't care what the story is but i want you to be as overly dramatic and as uncomfortable as you can possibly be so they do it we finish we look at the video and this has never not been true. Every time they look at the video, they say, wow, that looks pretty good. I said, does it look like how you felt? And they go, absolutely not. My point 
is that we can afford to take things farther and more passionate and use gestures in a bigger way and use our voice in a better way, use our eye contact, be be that larger person. And it's not going to make us look comical. And in fact, it makes us look passionate. Now, I'm not suggesting that we should all be acting like idiots, but what I am saying is there's an opportunity to take things further than you think you dare, and it will be successful. Wow. Can we just go back to vulnerability? Because there's something about being human, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So what's your advice around vulnerability and overleaking? Um, I think you have to be comfortable with, with what you will say to people. You don't. I prescribe to the notion that we don't need to get into all the details of our own personal life unless we have a personal story that is going to help teach a lesson because we just don't need to go there, but we can tell funny stories from our personal life that may adapt to what, whatever we're speaking to. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, um, I had a, a, a woman that I've coached uh, get up in front of an audience the other day and it was an audience of educators and so, and she had never spoken to this crowd before, and it was pr- a pretty important speech. And she started out, you know, by saying, good morning. Uh, and and she said, I'm going to talk about blah, blah, blah. But before I do, I had a conversation with my five-year-old son who was, was having his first day of school today. And he asked me what I was doing. And I said, well, mommy's kind of going to her first day of school today, too, because I'm giving a speech in front of people I've never met before, and I want to persuade them to to engage in the project that we're doing. And I'm a little scared. And he said, well, so am I. And then he goes, but mommy, if you just look at them and talk nicely, they'll like you. So anyway, so she tells this story. And so now she's got the audience eating out of her hand because she's done a bunch of different things in that tiny story. She's... She's shown she has a life outside, that she's a mom, that she's got, a, a, you know, an ability to use everything she's doing as a life lesson for her kid and that her kid can give it back to her, too, and that she wasn't afraid to start this important thing with something about her family and her personal life. So it was it was funny because afterwards she she sent it to me and she said, did that sound stupid? Does that seem like it was okay? Like, what was it? And I said, it was perfect because the audience laughed. She, she engaged them. She took the focus off herself for a minute, created this imagery in your head, which is what we always want to do is create imagery in people's head. Now they see this cute little kid looking up at his mommy. So think about the ways in which you can tell stories that show your vulnerability. And at the same time, will get the audience that resonate with your audience. Uh, There's a woman called Nadia Boltz Weber. I don't know if you've heard in the States. And she says, speak from your scars and not your wounds. Oh, I like that. I'm going to have to look at her stuff. Speak from your scar and not your wounds. Yes. Uh, In terms of vulnerability. because, Because scars show healing. 
that makes a lot of sense. But when, you know, when COVID hit, I had um, clients, some people who were very high up the food chain of corporations, and they called me up and said, I don't know that I know how to be vulnerable. Help me. Wow. And so what we had to do was really take a look because vulnerability, there was nothing more important than vulnerability and compassion during that time when we're all scared about what's happening and you're a leader in a company and you've got to lead people to believe it's going to be okay. Even if you don't know that you've got to have some kind of a sense of, we couldn't really provide a sense of security, but, but it's a sense of, we're going to take care of it. Let us help. Let, let me, let our team help take care of you. We're going to do everything we can to help keep you in your job. Make sure you have a, the, the ability to, to take care of your family. Um, you know, that that the importance of sending those messages in those first few months, those first few weeks was just, it was an, an insane thing that we, that, that had to be, I mean, it had to be done because it was such an insane time. And so to see these people suddenly focus on something that they might not have ordinarily focused much on. And it, I think it's changed so much in the way we deal with people and in, in ways that maybe none of us anticipated. Now, will it stick around? I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's already started to change, but I see it in my coaching all the time. And I see how much more important people have determined relationships to be in business, business relationships that maybe they just used to be, oh, I know this guy over there. I know her, go call her, blah, blah, blah. Instead, now there's much more of a bonding, I think, that's going on between people because of a shared experience. Yeah, and that's a shared humanity, isn't it? Because we were all in the same. Mm-hmm. I know it was very different for, for different people and different continents and different cultures and different everything. But equally, no one, we all shared something. Yeah. No one was excluded. And so that that in and of itself really meant a lot. And it meant a lot just in terms of how we now began to treat one another. So... That notion, um, speak from your scars and not your wounds. I mean, that's that's kind of a, a COVID message as well. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Can we go back to videos? Yes. Oh, were we talking about video? <laughs> Some years ago, Jane, you and I were talking about videos. Sure, let's talk about video. (laughs) If you were going to give people a bit of a 101 Mm -hmm. with their smartphone, what are your top tips? So first of all, I want you to think about who are you talking to? Secondly, again, it's that notion of focusing on your purpose. Now, how are you going to create that video? It has to be short. There's, you can do a longer form video, 
but you have to have a shorter form that's going to entice people to come to the longer form. So my recommendation is a minute to 90 seconds and shorter if shorter if possible. I create videos all the time for my social media. And in those videos, I usually try to have one tip, one communication tip. So I would say focus on one message and then make sure that it's super clear, but short. And how are you going to tell it in a way that's going, again, to make people really listen? Mm-hmm. So let's just say, like, for example, um, I did one couple of weeks ago that had to do with how to communicate better um, when you're really, when you're nervous and anxious. And I have a breathing exercise that I do. So I literally did the breathing exercise, which takes less than a minute to do. And, and then I, then I thought, well, what's, what should my setting be for this? I should have some kind of a nice setting that's calm and that will be conducive to that, the freedom to do that breathing exercise, which I suggest people do before they speak anywhere. So I went outside and I sat, you know, sat in a little grassy place and where it looked pretty and, and call me. And so I thought, you know, that was a good idea. So then you have to think about how am I going to use my voice? If you want, if you're really passionate about something and you're talking about something super exciting, then use your voice and be excited. If I'm going to say, I, if I go, I have an amazing new project I'm going to tell you about. You're going to love it. You're going to be, that sounds like, uh, who wants that? But if I say, I have an amazing new project, you're not going to believe what I'm doing. Your words, the pace, the tone of your voice must reflect what you're talking about. So does your face, the facial expressions. Um, So you really, you know, rehearse it a few times before you actually do it and then do a few takes and decide which one you like best. You're probably going to screw it up at times. Now, another thing to think about is lighting. Our phones, I mean, the, the ability we have on our phones to take videos right now is so incredible. It used to take us a crew of five to get the same kind of quality when I first yeah. started at NBC. We'd have the sound yeah. guy, the videographer, the, yeah, the videographer, and then we'd have the you know guy with the light, and we—I mean, it was just and a producer and et cetera, et cetera. And now you can do that all yourself. You, we are our own producer. But mm-hmm. think about the light where you are, and so take a look at the light and make sure that you can see your face clearly. You can you can buy simple lights. I have one that looks like a little tiny studio lamp that I use all the time. It's perfect. And I think it costs less than $50 American. And I've used it all the way through COVID and it's still working just fine. Uh, so think about lighting if you need it. There are also filters on your phone. Play around with those filters. Some of them can make you look really good. Some of them can, you know, add the right effect for whatever you might yeah. What effect you want to create. There's, there's so, I mean, get to know your phone really well and its abilities. There's lots of tutorials online that will help you learn what, you know, just how the mechanics of the phone work. Um, I would also get myself a tripod so that, and there are tripods that have remote control so that you can turn it. And again, they're not expensive. Um, 
so that you can actually have the, don't have to worry about it being in your hand or being set up against something that it's going to fall down, etc. And that way you can also move the tripod around and get a little bit different angles. I like to mostly shoot a little bit from above because it makes you look better. Um, if you, what other ideas? So, so we're talking about the setting. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the, the camera angle. We're talking about making it fit what you have to say, creating in your own head and knowing almost writing out a mini script, but I don't want you reading anything because that's terrible. Um, So knowing what you want to say, maybe it's a key message in three points, something like that, and practice it. And then when you're ready, do it. Take a look. If you don't like it, do it again. And, 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 and the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll get. So it's really thinking about what is the effect I want this to have on the people who are going to watch it. That's it. And you just want to make sure you're having the right effect. We're pretty good judges. We can figure it out Mm -hmm. and believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself. And, and then the more you do, the better you'll get. Just do it. That's exactly right. I love that. A good coaching principle. (laughs) Well, Jane, thank you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. It's a delight talking with you. And um, I want to see that book. And not only that, one day, the next time I am in England, I fully expect to be at a pub with you. That would be really good. So, Jane, how do people get in touch with you if they want to find out more? Well, my website is Jane Hansen, H-A-N-S-O-N.com, and there's a contact page. My email is really, 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 really easy. It's Jane at JaneHanson.com. Brilliant. So I try to make we'll things put, easy as possible. And we'll put that in the show notes. Good. I love that. Thank you for coming to the Coaching In, Jane Hansen. Well, thank you very much for having me and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. And thank you for listening, everyone. I'm Claire Pedrick and you've been at the Coaching In. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media. And if you'd like to become a regular at the Coaching In, you can subscribe on Podbean and all major podcast channels. We look forward to welcoming you next time. You've been listening to The Coaching In, 3D Coaching's virtual pub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.